Watch this. Welcome back to episode three of the Cookie Jar podcast. I am your host, Tom, and I'm joined by Sam Williams, our regular. Hello. God, I love that music every time, Tom. It just gets me. And Sir Bruce. Hello, uh, Sir Bruce. <laughs> Hello. Sir Bruce is our soon-to-be regular, but has decided he doesn't want to uh, turn up so far. Oh, I just don't like being addressed with the Knight of the Realm title that I've not, you know, <laughs> properly earned. It's just that little regal quality that he comes in with. You know, when he walks um, in, I feel like I'd almost just put my hands behind my back and just take my cap off and just sort of bow my head ever so slightly. Welcome, Sir, Sir Bruce. Sir Bruce Fitzpatrick needs a slight introduction. Hello. He is current club champs of our distinguished golf club, and he has just won a very good accolade as the president's putter. Yes. Welcome, yeah. Sir Bruce. So, um, do you want to give us a bit of a background? What is uh, the president's putter? Yeah, sure. Um, so the President's Putter is an annual match play event, um, which is played down in Rye every January, first week of Jan, um, just between the former Blues at, of Oxford and Cambridge. So it's uh, yeah, it's a really fun social event. There's about 150, 160 people enter it. And um, you play, well, if you get the whole way to the final, you end up playing sort of seven rounds in about four days. Um in all sorts of weather you kind of everyone there's a you know we, we kind of play the game in in a similar spirit sort of good competitive but quick golf um and somehow managed to yeah emerge and some result and it's I all mean, scratch, some result. Emerges, all scratch I mean, i've got to take my hat off here to bruce and not just in the piss taking <laughs> thanks sense mate around, that's very um, kind sir bruce but genuinely it's a hell of an achievement in golf i mean when you look at david cannon yeah famous mm. golfing photographer you check it out. You've got Tiger there with the President's Cup a week or two before. Pictures of Lee Westwood winning in Abu Dhabi or whatever the, the week after. And then you've got you sandwiched in between <laughs> holding a little like, my, my ugly mug. <laughs> yeah. covered in a quarter zip and a filthy blazer. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty impressive stuff, mate. So, huge congrats. Tell us a bit about yourself for the benefit of our listeners around the world. So, I'm 24. Um, I finished my Masters at Oxford last year and I'm just starting my... Um, law conversion course down in London just dragging out academia and studying for as long as I possibly We've can you on the podcast grad scheme yeah on a bit of a retainer um, but yeah quite a competitive golfer I like playing as much as I can um, playing with these two choppers playing foursome singles whatever um, at Blackwell and, and beyond so hope, hopefully cut the handicap a little bit this year and maybe playing some some more competitive what's things. Your, uh, what's your goal for this year? My goal? I haven't really thought about it too much, actually. I'd like lies, to. Lies, <laughs> I actually only do process goals rather than outcome goals. I'm only looking at my inputs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outputs will worry about yeah. themselves. <laughs> yeah, I would like to get to scratch this year, I think. Club champ? Successful defence? That would be nice. That'd be a that'd be a bonus. Lots of people nipping at your heels. I've got, got uh, I've got this man across the sofa nipping at my heels. Definitely, um, my little brother as well will probably be turning up, and he's been playing some good stuff recently at Blackwell. So, uh, yeah, it's actually you know we're getting a good, solid competitive section, really, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's nice. I mean, it's everyone's keen to improve. 
And you're quite keen on your swing as well, big swing enthusiast. I am. Yeah, I, like, I try to be. Yeah, I think I... Uh, Feel like probably no shortage of swing thoughts out there. <laughs> well, there's a number of swing thoughts that's gotten better, but I'm definitely keen on you know the technical side of things and learning about the golf swing. Are you not concerned um, that having too many swing thoughts could slow your swing down? <laughs> well, it's not. A, so yeah, you don't want golf down. Here we go. Here we go. I knew the seven rounds was it in four days. How <laughs> many was it? Seven rounds in four days. Seven rounds in four days. I'm amazed you did that. Was it floodlit? Didn't get a bad time. <laughs> Um, actually, I'll have you know, we played the uh, front nine in the final on Sunday afternoon in one hour and 15 minutes. I haven't really got a comeback for that. Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, I mean, I did think... I played a two-ball with you on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon and I've taken an hour and 50 for nine with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been out there just, you know... No. I can only assume he just binned about seven drives <laughs> on that front nine now. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I, knew, I knew the compliments you gave me early on weren't going to last. So, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> fully fully deserved um, and the, uh, dishing. And the president's putter is all match play? It is, yes. Scratch match all, play. All match play. Um, How does and, that wrestle in your head with, I suppose, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like I play a pretty big balance in terms of match play and stroke play golf. Mm. I think I think they're very, very different games. Yeah, I'd agree with you, yeah. I think um, match play maybe plays into my hands a bit more in that I'll definitely have the odd meltdown high number um which isn't good for stroke play obviously but in match play if you kind of can blow hot and cold and um you know put up a few birdies and then play the rest of the holes pretty steadily and only have you know one or two sort of other on your card then that stands you in pretty good stead whereas obviously stroke play particularly sort of 36 holes in one day that's um i don't want to say you've got to be more defensive but i feel like you've yeah, you've got to be maybe a bit more strategic and you've got to really just try and limit the number of mistakes you make. Um, but yeah, that's just my take on and it. And when you play match play, are you keeping in your mind, you know, I'm two up, I'm one up, and this is what this is what's yeah. interesting. Does it affect the way you play? Yeah, I mean, I, I try not to play the man too much. I, usually I think, you know, if you can just play play your game and, and keep an idea in the back of your head what you are like relative to par that's that was the way i did it down in rye a few weeks ago but um for all the piss taking i think there's a yeah. lot of truth in what you were saying earlier when we actually uh we'll come up to it later we we're playing a bit of golf this, together this afternoon and i sort of said to you like you know how do you deal with that sort of putt stuff because you know you're gonna have good times you're gonna have bad times over yeah. seven rounds of match play golf and you were like well do you know what if i've got kind of the guy if I'm if he's 35 feet away he's got a birdie putt and I've got six foot for birdie I'm just worrying about my own putt I'm not thinking about the other guy because yeah. if he knocks that putt in and I then miss mine or if it, even if I hold it for birdie it still feels like a loss mm. so if you just kind of disregard that yeah it kind of puts you in mentally in a better space because you're yeah. just worrying about the things that you can control yeah, yeah and that, I think that's hopefully if I can do that more regularly and I can get into that frame of mind more that will stand me in good stead or stand me in better stead for, for stroke play competitions when I play them in the future because um, yeah as you say like I think you can make a huge error um, with match play if your opponent's 35 feet away and you've just sort of mentally written them off the hole or maybe they've missed the green and you've just mentally written them off and then they go and hole it all of a sudden it's like well Oh, massive momentum swing you can get very distracted and a bit kind of uh, confused and discombobulated so it's yeah I think in all formats it's good to just try and focus on on the stuff you can control more really um, 
What do you reckon, Tom, after today's experience? <clears throat> um, today's Start. experience for me didn't go particularly well. Uh, we played a format of full ball golf that uh, my distinguished friend Sam is better at describing than I am. But it's called Wolf. How did you find it, Tom? Was it enjoyable? Uh, no, no, no. I lost a lot of money. I, I, I played okay golf. I played uh, a level of golf that on an ordinary day wouldn't really lose me a lot of money. But I mean, you played under your handicap, didn't you? 15 I played holes, one under so my handicap through 15 holes. <laughs> played one under my handicap through 15 holes and, uh, and I, I walked off the course at 15. Not because I had a temper tantrum, but... Bruce was taking so long to get the ball that I, I just wanted oh, to get off the I won you, <laughs> you two pounds back on that last hole. So he did. He really got you out of jail uh, there. Don't get, didn't, don't didn't, get I, didn't I par that last The house time? would be up for sale yeah. if it wasn't for Bruce. <laughs> um, Wolf, though, for our listeners. What a format. That is an excellent format. Um, but it's so complex. hard to explain. It's, it's, it's like, okay. Okay. Let's, just, let's just strap in for, for four minutes of this Sam describing. Can we get like that sad music they put I'm, on I'm, like Radio 4 while I explain yeah. it? You know, like You're not having any music, but I am going to switch the mic off to me and Bruce, so go. <laughs> no, don't. Keep it on because it's good. But I remember going down playing on a golf tour with a few boys. There's four of us. I played a bit of Wolf on a few months before. And I was like, guys, trust me, this is the game. This is so much fun. It's absolutely class. And then after about five minutes of me trying to ramble through the rules and explanations, you could just see them going, yes, yes, well, we'll stink to two ball, I think. Anyway, the way this works, you number off randomly on the first tee, tee pegs, throw balls in the air, just however you want to do it. You have to assign people a number, one, two, three, or four. Let's say, for example, I'm one, Bruce is two, Tom, you're third, and then let's pick a fourth guy, say Cal's here. Or girl, we are very inclusive. <laughs> of course we are, of course we are, sorry. Um, your numbers one, two, three, and four. That's the order you tee off in. So you always tee off in that order or some variant of that order. So what I mean by that is hole one, I'm one. I would tee off first. And then the way Wolf works is you get to pick your partner on the tee. You can only pick your partner when they've hit their shot, after they've hit it, before the next person plays. So imagine I stick one down the middle. Bruce fans one out right, but it's not too bad. I've either got to pick him or not have or not have him at all. Third person tees off, I can pick them or not pick them. But then by the time the fourth person's teed off, I've either got to have the fourth person or I go wolf. If you go wolf, you treble the stake. So it's a money game. You play for a certain amount per unit, and then you treble the treble the odds because obviously you have to pay three people out rather than just one. So when you're paying fifty per unit, which is what we did, losing twenty pounds is quite. It just quite impressive. Up. It just You've got to lose up. every hole, basically. Right, well, yeah. and, and triple up the stakes on a few, on a few, and, and lose them as well. But it's so cool, isn't it? So, so what happens is you have that order on the first hole. I was the I was the person who was first. Then on the second hole, I dropped to the back of the order. Yeah. And then two, three, four, followed by one. And yeah. then the third hole, three, four, followed by one and two. And it yeah. goes around. But the cool thing about the game, I don't know if you boys noticed, but you're on the tee and you're always thinking differently. It's like, what's the stroke index on this hole? Who's got a shot here? Uh, oh, okay. He's in play. Par threes play really different to par fives, par fours, if it's a long hole. And it's just cool. You come off the tee, you're fist bumping with a different guy. Mm. Or unless you're a complete dickhead like Mills over here you might go wolf when you're 150 yards back up the middle of the fairway <laughs> you've got yeah. three guys sharpening their wedges around the green on seven um, <laughs> it's just a cool format but 
because you increase the stakes, so the first four you play for a unit per hole, second four holes you play for two units, then three units, and then until you finish the 16th hole you're playing four units. So quite quickly when holes are rolling up, you can have like, before you know it, you've got like a £10 putt. If you've gone wolf, you could have a thirty-pound putt on your hands there. I'm just, just going to throw in. You a, could have a twelve-pound putt on I'm just fourteen. Throw in a just bit of have a twelve-pound putt on fourteen. Just burns just, the edge. <laughs> I'm just going to throw in yeah. some defence to myself. That seventh hole that uh, I shot the same as you and Tom. And if it wasn't for Bruce uh, rolling in a, a ten foot of a birdie, I think I would have been justified in calling my wolf. Mm. I mean, it's. If I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a good decision. But and, and I was in a questionable place off the tee before we. Before you got up there and seen it, there was a good I smoked it down the left and he didn't go near picking me. Do you know why he didn't pick me? Because you short games. No, because you you were still yet to get on the tee box. And then when you fanned one out right, he thought, I'm gonna look like the biggest chopper in the world if I don't if I pick Bruce from here. It just looks like it just looks like yeah. I want a safe exit from the hole. But it's interesting, it's because you get the psychology of right, well I wasn't I mean I was in the middle of the fairway, but I, it wasn't a good shot and I was a ways back and you guys were up. But I could have decided to half my losses, essentially. Bruce being in what I thought was uh, in the bushes, and I could have been, you know, well, you can take, take half this loss with me. And, but I, I decided not to do that and take all the losses on myself. Which yeah. was pretty impressive. And the thing is, you, you haven't got that long to make a decision if you've gone down to the last man and it's between taking them or going as your own. Because yeah, as soon as people walk off the tee box, the yeah, well, as soon as you walk off the tee box. Sometimes five minutes. Sometimes we've got longer. Play, sometimes we've got longer. It depends who's on the tee. If you're, if you're reloading. <laughs> <laughs> Great format though. The Americans play something called Wolf Hammer. We need oh. to dig out the rules on this. It's like really? I think it's basically like Wolf, but on like steroids. Right. I think yeah. it just injects another level Spieth, of gambling to it. There's some good videos of Spieth playing a game similar to that or it might even be that game actually um but yeah having not played wolf before prior to two weeks ago I, i've got to say it's now my new favorite format for it's the go-to with the four yeah ball when you've got a four ball on your hands you want to make something make it a bit more interesting than four ball better ball because well, that game can very quickly better get ball's good i think if you've got same handicap yeah. so it's fairly balanced yeah if you've got some uh but it can some, get very one-sided can't yeah. it if you've quickly. got some fairly competent golfers as long as all of you are steady Russian Stableford's a good one. Explain. So Russian Stableford, as you go in, uh, it's a four-ball game. Uh, we'll call the players, for argument's sake, um, Sir Bruce, Sam, Cal, and Tom. And you draw teams so they're a pairs. So it could be me and Sam against Sir Bruce and Cal. Right. And um, you just play your own ball, Stableford. But um, the twist on it being that when you get to the end of the hole, um, you multiply the two scores together that you get in a hole. So the par... So if I'm with you, Tom, I've got like four for two and you've made three for three. Yeah, we would get... Two six, times three is, is six. six. points. So we get six points on the first hole. But you know, if, and, I, and if par, you've made three for three and I've blobbed the hole and I've got no points... Zilcho. Oh, yeah, it's, wow. It's, it's brutal. So <laughs> it gets silly. So I've played in a in a... Uh, a Russian stableford where we've played a part five, uh, the eighth at, uh, at our home course. And um, three of the other four ball birdied. So that's, there were four for fours. So there was four times four, which is one team got 16 points. Uh, then the third person birdied. So that's another four. And I blobbed. Huge partner there. So 16 Tom, point was, deficit. Tom Levitt, yeah. 
Oh, that's tough. So yeah, the other team has gone up sixteen, and we've gone up uh, yeah, zero. Such well, a cool, brutal. Format. But you need to like both. You need to be firing, otherwise, it's a mm. um, <laughs> you walk off with about twelve points at the end of <laughs> the end of a round. And I think so. You know, a, a lot of golf is like this sort of am-am format where you've got the uh, the two from four to count, right? Um, the best two from four. And I think there's so many little twists you can play on that, like as long as you, you're willing to sort of put yourself out there a bit. Like for instance, it'd be good to play an am-am instead of the best two, the worst two to score. Yeah, worst ball actually is yeah. quite yeah, or bloodsome or something like is that. that. What it's called a bloodsome. I think, I think bloodsome's an American term, or it's the, the term I've got two. from Tiger Woods PGA Tour 04 or something. I mean, like you're, that. if you're having a bad day, you're going to feel like the biggest. But yeah, so you, in the group. so you play force. Well, you play greensome, so you obviously you both you all drive off, and instead of you picking which drive you're going to take, your opponents <laughs> pick it. And obviously, if you if you if you know if one of you's having a bad day with the big stick then your oppo is just going to pick <laughs> so we'd like to hear more from our listeners on different formats I'd lo- I'd, I just love messing about there's so many cool formats. things it's like playing the snake yeah. there's all these cool things you can, you you can get snake. really tied up in playing the same thing every time you go on yeah. the golf course and it's you just nice snake. to mix things up what's the snake snake's putting isn't it it's a three stab isn't it the snake oh, the snake's the, yeah. the snake's a three putting Oh so, yeah, so so the, you, and that's usually just an add-on. So this, isn't it? yeah, this rolls up throughout the round. You can, I forgot what the, I think it's the camels. That's the one in the sand. So last one to go in the sand picks up the bill. We could, we could spend hours on this, but we're not going to, we're not yeah. going to get through everything we want to talk about tonight, are we? But Wolf, hundred percent the game. Four rounds of four, it gets you to sixteen holes. If you are the unlucky guy like Tom Mills, you're 35 units in the hole after, after 16. <laughs> you stand on the 17th tee. You then get to be the wolfman for those next two holes, which means you get to pick the order on those, t- on those two holes. Not necessarily the last hole. Well, okay. As long as the person who's... If you're then... Whoever's last on those two holes individually, but you also get to pick your stake. So you've either got a shot at redemption or you've got a... T- or you're going to significantly increase your losses. Or you can take someone down swinging with you. I've seen some Thirty broken five. men come off the course after me. <laughs> Just put 35 bits on it and Top drag someone down. Mills today being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. a sorry looking man. thought we were going to have to reschedule this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> this kid's first birthday. I thought the whole thing was off. <laughs> so oh, no, yeah. very, very good. But a lot has happened since the last pod. Yeah. So nice. the USGA is and the, the RNA have released a distance report. Mm, very, a, very big news of, indeed. Uh, yeah, with a bit of talk going around that. So the distance report obviously being that shock, they hit the ball too far. How do you feel about it? What's your thoughts, Tom? Well, I think if they dial it back, if they if they, they introduce, um, you know, a ball that, that spins more or whatever they do, you're still going to have these dudes that are hitting the ball a lot further than some of the other guys. It's, it's only... The only thing that's going to preserve is the current course architecture. And I think if they implement a rule system for the pros that they don't implement for the amateurs, it's going to make the game far less relatable than it currently is. Like I'm watching, I've, I've, we're watching the, the Pebble Pro-Am at the moment, um, which is a course that I've played. And if they were playing it 
you know, and this, they were playing a different kind of sport that I could, it just wouldn't make it relatable. It's interesting for me because I've played this course and I've, I can kind of relate to what they're doing and it looks nothing like what well, I, I did. I think Pebble's a great example of somewhere that's long. Yeah, like granted, they've shoved some tees right back. They've made holes yeah. bigger and bigger as the game's gone And they've gone reduced on. pars and holes. But the right. greens are small, like it's got a lot more to defend against. You watch courses out there like a few weeks ago when they're playing at Torrey. Torrey Pines, like 7,700 yards. I mean, like... The average golfer is not going to be able to play off the tips there. If they go and play there, they're not really playing the equivalent stand, equivalent course to what the pros are. And I actually just think there's only so far you can go by length in the course. So I think it's really difficult to know what to do. Do you start to make changes in equipment? If so, how do you introduce changes to equipment for professionals and amateurs that affects them both in the way that you want to and get the right mm. outcome? And well, then what do you do with courses? I mean, I don't know, Bruce, thoughts? You're a bomber. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's tough. I think, yeah, you guys... Bruce hits a slappy drives 280. It's quite mm, disgusting. No, no, factually incorrect. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have hit the nail on the head there in terms of how do you... It's not. It doesn't seem the right thing to... This whole bifurcation that there is the buzzword at the moment in terms of separating the, the professional game from the amateur game. I don't really think it's feasible in golf because... I think it's the worst thing they could do. Yeah, and one of the well, great things about our like sport is you can say there's, you can relate a bit more to the courses that the, the pros are playing. We can obviously go and play those courses. Um, golf being essentially you playing your ball against the golf course. You can kind of get a feel for just how good these guys are. And I think if you just for some reason decided to introduce a higher spinning ball for the pros but not for the ams i mean how does that play out well in top level amateur events where Pebble, those guys are essentially playing a circuit that's a breeding ground for professional golf you're playing things like the english amateur or the british amateur u.s amateur that kind of stuff are those courses then going to have to be lengthened out to seven and a half thousand yards or if not more it's but then again you know i do think that the point they're making is essentially the correct one which is we can't just keep go on going on lengthening golf courses. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't found an 8,000-yard golf course yet. I mean, the one at Torrey Pines two weeks ago was 7,700. Seems like run-of-the-mill course at the moment on the US Tour is 7.5, and, and that just doesn't seem like a, a sustainable Well, they're still shooting yeah. 15 under. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think, interestingly, like what isn't really being talked about is how we got to maybe bring back a bit more strategy to the game. I mean, there from a few people I know who've gone and played some of the really cool US Open courses, US PGA courses out in America, like Bolter's Roll, the lower course there, being a case in point, that went through a phase of tiger-proofing after Tiger came on the scene and just, you know, marmalised these golf courses. They thought, well, we've got to make them longer. We've got to put a load more rough in. They got rid of a lot of the original, like, architectural principles that these brilliant architects put in. And now, like a couple of years ago, members have finally got around saying, actually, that wasn't the right decision. Yeah. The courses play worse for the ordinary membership as a result of it. And what we should do is just make it a bit more strategic, bring back some more short mown grass areas. Well, give I suppose, people a few I suppose more maybe options. And Phil Mickelson's got a point where he comes out in the, the press recently and says, like, we need to give the athletes a bit more credit. Yeah. You know, we, we just are athletes and we're hitting the ball further than they used to. Yeah, but maybe, maybe there's a bigger margin there. error. Is, is the margin for error too big now? I mean, is anyone really going to say like Jack Nicholas back back in the day? I mean, his legs were massive. He, the, the, the physical shape he was in, he was in a like a real physical specimen. Gary Player as well. Everyone knows about does, how... Does Gary Player go in the gym? <laughs> everyone does he, does knows, he, yeah, he like to yeah, yeah. shred a bacon? I know that. I mean, those guys, like 
I think they were very athletic, athletic back in the day. Arnold Palmer as well. I mean, they're they're all very very strong golfers. Um, and yeah, things have moved on now. Sure, you've got guys who would maybe play in the NBA or the NFL in another life who are who are turning to golf, which is great. But maybe the fact that they're playing a ball that just spins no amount compared to the old sort of ballast. But are, are, we, are we saying are we saying that back in the day that you know Nicholas and Palmer were knocking you know drives up there, and your average golfer like you or, or I. We're watching him going, yeah, I can hit the ball that far. Yeah, don't I don't think that was, way ever, back I think where, was ever the case. Remember, like, years and years, like, we're going back sort of 40, 50 years here, you used to have the smaller ball, and the smaller mm. ball used to go significantly further than anything we're playing with now. So, oh, right. you can get, yeah, I mean, like, there's a track up in Cheshire called Delamere Forest. I think, it's mm. about, I think it's about the eighth. Par four, it's like sort of 410, something like that. Elevated tee, dog leg left, a sort of fairway runs around onto right. the fairway. You go to the back tee there. And there's a little plaque there from where a member stuck it on the green back in sort of like 78 or whatever. And you're like, holy f***, that is, that's <laughs> that is a serious yeah. shot. Because, I mean, you can hit your best drive with wind off the right shoulder. You could <laughs> yeah. stand there all day, Bruce, and you wouldn't get near it. Ball so 10. Clearly, they had a situation back then with the ball that they yeah. needed to correct. But I think the, the real tough question for, you know, the USGA, the RNA, the rest of the game to solve here is, how do you, how do you make changes that make it that rein the distance back because I think we all agree that needs to happen mm. but in a way that means your amateur golfers at all levels and professionals still play on a level footing in terms of the equipment I wouldn't want to see any different standards there and I think you're spot on I think you've got to bring back some you know you know bring more strategy into golf holes yeah make you know slick runoff slopey greens smaller greens you know huge risk reward shots on every well, that's another where thing, it starts to come another in. thing about these especially these PGA courses is um and there's nothing like Lynx golf, but the bunkers they play over there, they almost aim for them. It's like, well, you know, greenside bunkers, that's fine. It's no, no issue. Yeah. You know, if you, mm. had a, if you had a grass trap or something that was really, you know, tight mown, proper grass bunker, they are so hard to play off. And you've seen people, they call them false friends, and they were there. They're just there and they're just chipping and watching the ball come back to their feet. And for these boys, it's so much harder to play that shot than it is just to splash out a 15-yard bunker shot. It's just no biggie for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're watching Pebble Beach now, aren't we? Um, watching the second round of the AT&T there. And that's a course that has the smallest greens on tour, maybe just just slightly uh, above in the rankings, Harbour Town, which also has really yeah. small greens. And, you know, they obviously played the US Open here, which Gary Woodland won in 2019. And the course then was just over 7,000 yards, which is significantly shorter than the average tour course. Um, and the winning score was, what, 12, 13 under? So they didn't, they didn't completely, you know, tear it apart by any stretch. Um, and it just goes to show you when you've got smaller greens, you've got a few more options in terms of clubs to hit off the tee. Augusta's another course where it's maybe a bit more generous off the tee unless you want to really take on some pins, in which case you've got to put it in the right spots. I think Tiger was saying in a promotional video a while back that you can't miss that. You can't miss greens at Augusta pin high because um, although the, the grass and the, the, the lies are all so tightly mown, there's not much thick rough around the greens. The slopes are so severe that you're just, you just not able to get shot. it up and down. Whereas, I mean, I get the impression I've not played courses like, you know, Torrey Pines and some of these other ones Erin Hills where they're like you know north of 7,600 7,700 yards but I imagine they'd probably be quite big 
flat greens, which, I mean, the guys... You can tell nowadays, they're huge because yeah. they, when they're building a course that big, they've got to also bear in mind that the amateur's playing and therefore, yeah. how can you possibly have tricked up small greens on a 7,700-yard course? Yeah. Not even the pros are going to get round. And you're right, you look at that harbour town, last year the wind whipped up for a few days, no one was shooting under par. Yeah. And that's not a long course. Like, uh, they're flicking yeah. it into corners, you know, they're having to shape shots around trees, they're thinking about it. And you know, it's not all the it's not just the it's not just the bats, right? The ball's what's making all the difference. Oh, it's here. the ball, yeah. I mean, y- you know, there's quite a few guys on YouTube, aren't there, who test out, you know, a driver from two thousand and nineteen with a driver from two thousand nine or nineteen ninety nine or nineteen eighty nine. And I think the biggest difference there, although there's maybe not too much of a difference in terms of the driver, how far it goes, maybe it's fifteen, twenty yards if you were to take a ball from 89 and a driver from 89 and then put that against a ball and a driver from 2019, there'd be a significant difference there. The difference is as well, these boys are finding the middle of the bat, which is what most amateurs don't do. So, yeah, in a a way, it's actually giving more of an advantage to the pros pros than the ams because the pros are going to hit it out of the centre of the face more often. They're going to have that... Uh, not more forgiving than the amateurs, you don't think? You don't think well, having a bigger face there? Well, I think... Bigger heads yeah. is like allowing the amateur to get away with more off the tee? But I think for a lot of amateurs, playing with more spin is probably a good thing. I mean, um, it would be interesting to see how it would affect the professional game if you all of a sudden reduced the size of the driver heads and you had a, a ball that spun a lot more because you talk about... I mean, people talk about guys like Nicholas and... Greg Norman, who were just known as excellent drivers of the golf ball because they were so precise with like how centered their contact was. Whereas, um, you know, if, if you hit it out, if you hit it off center with an old driver and a spinny ball, you get that wrong side of what's now as a result of radar and track man and knowing a bit more about it, you get the wrong side of the spin loft curve. And yeah, so and it all just exaggerates have, the yeah, issue. Yeah, so right? you'd have so much spin on it from an off centered hit, it's very hard to then keep it on the fairway. Um, so I, I, I think attacking it through the ball and maybe a couple of the driver heads would go a long way. I, I don't know how much Hines think, have moved I think on. the RNA and the uh, USPGA, it's lose-lose, isn't it? I, mean, I think the, it's hard. The amateurs the are going like to hate sometimes. it. The pros are going to hate it. It's going to take think, so long for it to So embed. Bruce is probably too young to remember the Bellato. <laughs> so despite his title of Sir Bruce... He's a relatively fresh knight. He's probably <laughs> never seen a blatter. Those things were like knocking a knob of butter around the golf really? course. Yeah, like like seriously. I mean, I've hit chips today that would have cut a blatter in half. <laughs> <laughs> really? You hit one bunker shot and it, you have to put a new seriously, ball in play on the green. You have to put a new one. They literally like cut the cover up. Well, back in the day, the blatter, there was no one ball rule. Yeah, that's right. You could change mid mid hole. Mid hole. Yeah. You could you could you could knock off with a you could knock off with a top flight and then. Drop a bridge down in for your approach shot. I think that'd be interesting. I think maybe we should do that. I think we should order some balatas online. Mm. Go on eBay, try and order a dozen of like the sort of, I don't know, 1992 Titleist Balata, Compression 90, whatever they were, and just start hitting them. And guarantee you, into any wind, you hit any mid iron, the thing's going to balloon up. It's going to start off at knee height. I do not need more spin. I mean, I. I, saw a, I know a, you don't need any more spin. You're the one that says in the middle of the air, watch this. <laughs> that was one time. He got backspin on seven today from 110 yards. I've never seen him smile so much in all his life. I just wasn't aware that I was even capable of doing backspin. I know I, can, I know I can hook turn, a ball. Turn, I know yeah. I can slice a ball. Ripping the cover off the ball. <laughs> just loving it mid-flight. I mean, a couple of friends of mine actually um, play with hickories up at the old course. 
just before they left St Andrews and um, they're both like good sort of scratch plus one golfers and watching them use a modern ball with hickory clubs was hilarious because they could not get the ball in the air or just keep it anywhere near sort of in play um, and I wonder whether if you had a blaster it'd be a bit more I guarantee bit, bit you I would snap a hickory do you think? I'd fat it and that, <laughs> that would that would be the end no, of that they're pretty rugged things it's not just like a little bit of you know <laughs> whippy bit of bamboo or balsa wood or something like that no, I, 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 I do not. Just give me steel. We should test that, though. I think Sam ordered some blasters off eBay. We also need I've to do I've got an a, old Jack Nicholas 1980, you know, persimmon driver from my granddad. We also need to take like that two iron out. And we'll give it a go. I think we should give that a go. I think we should give that a little vlog for the uh, for the, for the the Instagram story and yeah. get that two iron some over the lake on nine. Coming, yeah, they'll enjoy that. But I think, you know, by and large, we, we probably, we're all on the same page saying that, you know, the RNA and the USGA's moves to curb mm. distance are probably quite well intentioned it's the right thing for, for amateur golfers in, in as far as you know we don't uh, Blackwell for instance can't get any longer as a golf course because the external boundaries of the course are such Physically that we, we literally can't make it any longer and I, I imagine there are a lot of courses you know all over the world where members would feel the same they're like they, they, they just be like it would be so disappointing if our golf course became obsolete for some good of the most players. enjoyable tracks I've played have been you know past 69s past 70s yeah. things that are you know, off the backs playing 6,500 yards. Yeah. That's plenty. Yeah. Actually, if, you, if you've got small greens, you know, something that makes you think on the tee, somewhere where you've got to think about your approach shot, where you're going to try and put it, that's much more enjoyable than standing there and thinking, I've just got to open my shoulders on the next drive. I've got drive. to hit drive it 12 times. I've got to jump times. on this. <laughs> I've got to hit another forearm, another forearm. Well, we, 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 we talked last week about um, our love of winter golf. And uh, I played uh, our home track and... Um, they they decided to put it back off the tips, and I think it got to about the f- the fifth hole before I had an iron in my hand. Really, and that's a relatively small track in the winter, I know. But when these tracks are playing so long, and you're just like, oh, okay, it's driver three wood, mm. driver way, uh, driver rescue. I just find it dull. It's just not, and that's where the term championship golf course. I just hate that term. Is that plus seven thousand? Is that well, what it means? I always thought a championship golf course is a. I don't know. I thought it was plus 7,000. Any championship golf course is, in my head then, 7,000 yards, 72 par. It's usually... Boring as sin. It's usually owned by a large hotel group or a yeah. hotel chain. It's usually got water features that are invisible. of Invisibility of the car park, yeah. Somewhere that's like spouting a bit of water, you know, into the air. Absolute, you know, absolute mediocrity in my experience. So, you know, long may short kind of crafted golf courses continue and actually yeah. I think you know we'd be really interested from my listeners I think to hear about you know kind of any quirky layouts you guys have played um, you know I, I think you know anti, and if you want to throw any invites our way we'll, we'll take an invite courses. if you want to invite Sir Bruce to see what he's got to offer <laughs> He'll, uh, he can show you how to hit one so yeah so where we're at is Pebble Beach three tracks played out there I think it's going to be interesting to see who brings it in this weekend what's your uh, what's your opinion on this this pro-am like, I, I'm I like it. I, I like the pro-am side. I, you know, for me, there's not enough seeing the amateurs play. I'd be really interested in yeah. seeing some of the kind of low handicappers. You've got people out there like Tony Romo who played in a PGA event last year. He's plus two, I think. Yeah, so. he, got, he got an exemption. Didn't isn't, he, to a, isn't the pro-am where... Yeah. yeah, I think the, um, the AT&T's 
quite a cool format. I mean, the closest thing we have over in Europe is probably the Dunhill up in St Andrews. That's a classy tournament. Every October. And that's just great fun to watch and, and go and walk around as well because no one takes it too seriously. Um, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's great that it's a still a prestigious professional event, but also you get, you know, celebrities from other walks of life and, and other decent, really decent amateur golfers who get, who get to play in that event. So I think, yeah, it's good. Like, it's good for our sport to have some variety and mix it up a bit. You don't want to... I think Sky could offer us a touch more uh, with the, uh, with just showing some, some shanks and just, just give us a bit of hope. Yeah. But I would just want to see people like Wahlberg, people like Justin Timberlake play a few holes. I'd want to kind of mm. get into their round. So like, you know where we have the feature groups and you're watching Harold Varner the third and he had a great game, great game yesterday, you know, five under, well played. You know, it's fantastic to see. But at the same rate, I'd really like to get into seeing Justin Timberlake go round. Is he like, playing there well, this week? Yeah. 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 Probably probably yeah. Years, yeah. He? Do you think Bill Murray's there? Uh, yeah, he's there he every year. There. He lives literally on he, the course. Well, he does the Dunhill. He? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does the Dunhill in this religiously. Because they're, they're probably the only two pro-am events, really. And they're at two fantastic venues. I mean, to play St Andrews, Kings Barnes, Carnoustie, and then Pebble, Spyglass, Monterey. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that, does it? If you're, How would you feel if you were like, I don't know. So Victor Perez went up at St Andrews, didn't he, mm. last year? Practiced uh, on the range next to him. A couple of weeks ago, actually. No way. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually in the in the side. Does he strike? Does he strike the ball yeah. better than he's, you? <laughs> he's um, well. He lives in Dundee. There's, how can he answer that question? He did, well, he if he says question, no, he's <laughs> arrogant. <laughs> if he says yes, he's probably lying. Uh, yeah. Get him on a windy day playing Wolf at Blackwell, and I think uh, <laughs> oh, he'll come unstuck. I there. think I'd have him. <laughs> <laughs> but how would you feel in an am in a pro am rather? You got Victor Perez, who's coming in. I think that was his first major major victory, wasn't it? Like yeah. First proper sort of European yeah. tour. Win. Serious victory. We're not going to. Can we not confuse the yeah, uh, not, terminology, not please? Can I just, can I just first, check? First significant win of his career, yeah. and you're the you're the amateur that's there paying like fifty grand or whatever for a seat for the weekend, and you've got to try and get in and just like stay out of the guy's way, even though yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> just get him across just the line. Feel proper awkward, aren't you? Like, mm. do you reckon he's given it, Victor? Do you need a do you need a read on this? Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. I think it's right edge here. It's <laughs> with the left. <laughs> yeah. What club do you fancy hitting into 17? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking my forearm. What are you taking? I'm taking a wedge. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Just yeah. leave me to it. I'm dialed yeah. in here. But no, I think it's a cool tournament. Victor Hovland, that's who my money's on this weekend, although he's yet to play Pebble because obviously they've got Montreux and Spyglass he? Where's he well. sitting at the moment? I think he's about... Norren's doing quite well. I mean, Norren, Norren's looking pretty good. He's had a quiet couple of years, hasn't he? Norren looks like, like he could stick one off the hosel into the drink on seven. <laughs> no. Mate, he's got that path going so far left and he's attacking the ball so steeply. There's no way, there's no way he's catching one anywhere near the hosel. Well, I don't know. We'll, he's we'll just... Com- Pellet compressor. You love a good swing, don't you, Sir Bruce? Who doesn't? Who doesn't love it? Radial All nice. Nation. <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Radial All Nation. Dustin Johnson was on the sky. Radial and Ulmar. Dustin it. Johnson was on the sky zone, like you know that that bit where they, they hit balls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Claude Harmon's over the top of him, and he's going like, so this is before the open. He's like, Dustin, just 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 knock one out there, three hundred. And Dustin's like, okay. So he just lets it belt one like really high, high little fade, and he's like, "Okay, just uh, now, just just not, imagine it's really windy. Lock, knock a little low, low one up there for us. What are you going? What, what adjustments are you going to make to, to hit oh, the low?" Oh yeah, one? I remember this. And he goes, yeah. well, I, I just stand closer to it, 
I, I, I don't know why that does anything, but... Yeah, yeah, they were like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to stand a bit closer. They're like, why are you doing that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Push it lower. So the best Dustin chat I've ever seen was, do you remember a few years ago before the Masters, he fell down the stairs, he had to pull out the tournament, yeah, right? Yeah, it wasn't the only thing he put, was pulling out. <laughs> Dustin's getting slammed this week. He is. Apologies. We're going to have his agents on the So anyway, the year later, you know the par three thing, they've got the mm. kids there and the wives and they're all going around. So they're sort of interviewing him on the between like, I think it's like eight or nine on the right. par three tournament. And um, I can't remember if it's like Sarah Stirk or something like that. She's like, so interviewing Dustin and going, so I presume you're in a, presume you're in a bungalow this year then, Dustin, you know, just to avoid any sort of issues with steps, <laughs> you know, proper nice British sarcasm. And he's just re- full, full on reply, just goes, no, I'm okay with houses usually. I I, that was just a one-off. I'm usually got no problem with stairs. I've got stairs in my own home, oh. and I'm usually okay oh, with those. Come on! Just totally. How the I, hell have you got? Right over this off of his head. I mean, how's he chatted her up? Uh, hi, I'm Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't multi-millionaire Andy Murray, isn't it? But we're I don't um, know if there's many riveting philosophical conversations <laughs> going on in that household. Similar story, actually. Butch and uh, maybe it's Claude who's. No, it's Butch actually on um, on a podcast was saying that obviously a few years ago, you know, Dustin was still renowned as like best driver in the world or one of the best drivers in the world up there with McElroy. You know, very just good all around game, but his wedge play was definitely letting him down. So I think Butch and Claude just said, buy a track man, bring it down to the range at Floridian next time we're there meeting for a lesson and we'll just, you know, We'll, we'll just decide that you've got to hit certain numbers and, and it's fairly straightforward and you'll just tidy up your wedge play that way. So anyway, brings his track man down, sets it up with his brother Austin, Claude and Butch turn up. They're like, right, okay, have you got the track man working, Dusty? He says, no, it won't turn on, it won't turn on. <laughs> They're like, have you charged it? He's like, no, 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 no. Like, well, you obviously got to charge it, haven't you? He's like, okay, is there a plug socket around it? And they're like, we're on a grass range. <laughs> what, what, what are you expecting? <laughs> Dustin's had a hard time this pod. Uh, well, if you're listening to this, speaking Dustin, of, you uh, come, I love you. yeah, and if you want to come on, like we can definitely make space. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be a lot nicer in person. Speaking of uh, great drivers, Dustin and uh, you mentioned Rory a moment ago. We don't have much longer um, left in the pod. We need to wrap up our um, picks for the first major of the year. We're gonna we're gonna put our put our stakes down early. Ooh. Sam, you were chatting a bit about Leishman. Earlier. <laughs> <laughs> out there playing Wolf. We just revisit Leishman's well, yeah, numbers. So, so Sam, as we were out playing Wolf, we were having a chat about, you know, how's everyone looking going into the season? Augusta really not that far away in the grand scheme of things. And Sam, just way out of left field, has pulled Mark Leishman. Great player. Out of the hat. Great, great player, obviously, great won lad. a couple of years ago. Just One the other week at yeah. Tory. So... For me, hit the and ball like, like a, a bit of a chopper bloke. on the last day. Yeah. Still won, brought it in, came from way behind. Seems okay. like a quality bloke as well. Masters performance. You can come on the yeah. bar. So, look, it's been a tricky one for him in the Masters. Last year, finished ninth. 2017, T43. 2016, missed cut. Didn't qualify in 15. Missed cut 2014. <laughs> but he tamed T4 in 2013. Didn't qualify 12 or 11. And then was cut in... 2010 so yeah I mean on paper <laughs> doesn't feel like it sets up to his eye but you never know I think he's got the game for it I think he's just an all-rounder he's just mm. a solid solid golfer and, and for me you know Masters winners tend to be people who've been around on tour for a little bit as well you know they're not won by rookies you know 
your Morikawa is probably going to go and win this now because you know I mean Christ curse of the my, uh, my, commentator my, my record on picking this is clearly not good one 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 pick and Finau just blew it from nowhere so oh, yeah. um, you know, we'll come on to Webb in a minute but yeah Leishman was there I, I really fancy Kepka for a major this year what about Rambo it's got to be got to be done hasn't it third in the world looks unreal. looking pretty consistent he's getting it done as well when he needs to as well coming down the straight you know but he doesn't look like he flaps I mean we talked a bit about Ron last week and his mm. kind of <laughs> just outrageous decisions to play shots out of <laughs> yeah I did enjoy that you talking about him trying to hit a 260 yard five iron off a hanging light in a bunker he lost his shit over his caddy after his caddy his came caddy, up his, to his caddy just went out there and said Hey John, I, I don't think that's a good idea. John, yeah. this doesn't seem like the play. It's a I'm going to play it. Shot. He's not. He's Austrian, but he's no. He's just going to say he's from Zimbabwe or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 250 yard bunker shot, hanging lie, feet above ball. He's got to hook it right to left, round trees over yeah, water. Yeah, ball below the feet. And he had like a sure. three oh, shot yeah, lead or something thing. stupid. Like he was so. It was like his to lose really at the time. Yeah. He just played his way out of the tournament. And then, because his caddy had said to him, just didn't feel like the play to me, he then said, that was his caddy's fault, Dan. He was like, you, should, you put that in my mind, you shouldn't have said that. I was like, All right, come on, pick, let's go. I'm going Rory. Line in the sand. He's going he's gonna to do it. He's mature. I think, he's... Mm, I think Tiger actually could do it again, back to back. You never know. favourite in Vegas. I mean, he's changed, yeah, he's changed a couple of things in his swing this year. And from the few golf instructors I follow on Instagram, who are quite well, well regarded, they all seem to say really positive changes he's making. Looks like he's going to be able to manage the sort of back or health issues a little bit better with these changes. And, you know, you look at Torrey Pines, that's a course that just does not set up well for him when it's 7,700 yards, pretty long when you're playing it in January, um, got to hit driver off every tee, and it's not, you know, it's not wide open by any stretch. And he's, he's placed top 10 in his first event back. I think there's some good signs. So just like his golf swings... So Bruce has taken ages to do that. Oh, Your I think we're, I, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be an exciting 2020, isn't it? I think, I think it's looking good. There's lots, there's, there's still stuff to run before we get into the Masters and into the major season. Come on, so put, put, put your pick in. I've already said Leishman, I'm going to stand Leishman, by okay, as, stand as, by. as poor a pick as it is. So where are we? We looked last week, we had Fino coming down the stretch, didn't happen for him. You both said he was going to probably get it done. Oh, I really wanted to do it. We talk about that. We, I can always go back and edit that pod and just say that we picked Webb. We, we could even say that, couldn't we? But, you know, that would be disingenuous, I think, to our listeners. But, you know, the guy's playing great golf, so... And we've got to finish the uh, pro-am, and then we're ready for next week. Riviera next week, Tigers event, the Genesis. Yeah. yeah. Good classic to see him back course, after, after, after like a few a weeks very off. Classic yeah, race, yeah, yeah. I've heard great things about it. Is it LA? Yeah, Is yeah. Way? Is that? Yeah. yeah. And we're back uh, for the WGC, then, in, in Mexico. Mm. February 20th. Mexico, that would be a big one. Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so you've heard it all. We've heard about Wolf. We've talked about it on tour. And that's put the game to right. So guys, have a good week. Well, Go low. Tear it up this weekend on the course. And we'll see you next Hear time. See you all soon. Watch this.